If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into In Game Live right here on a Tuesday night on the Sports Grid. I am Kevin Walsh. I am joined by Ariel Epstein. Ariel, how are you? I'm great, Kev. So much going on today. And we were supposed to have a full slate of Major League Baseball. Yet, of course, the National League East has decided to put a damper on things yet again. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It actually feels like kind of a light day. We had some baseball taken away from us uh, with some weather. We in, in basketball, it feels like the lightest day in forever with only yeah. two games on. So uh, it's been a little bit weird. Nevertheless, though, there was uh, still certainly plenty for us to sink our teeth into. Let's start over in the NBA where the Jazz are looking to put the Nuggets away. They've got a nine-point lead going into the half year, 63-54. to 54. Uh, You take a look at the live lines. The Jazz are now laying seven and a half. The game total is up to 228 and a half. Ariel, is this the game that uh, you played or, or followed along at least? No, I did not play this one at all. I don't think that anyone knows what direction this series was going to go. People thought the Nuggets were going to win this series, especially after sweeping the Jazz throughout the regular season, including the eight-game restart. Here we are. The Jazz are up 3-1 in this series over Denver, currently leading. I'm glad I stayed off this game because I think that the public gut, Kevin, would have said, ah, Denver's a really good team. They should have won this series. They'll get one more. And that's why you can't play your gut here. Utah's look really good this series. So I think it was a good stay away. I started to like the later game more as today went on. This early game, though, off of it. Uh, Live line-wise was the best approach, I would say. 
You know, it's one of those things where I, I understand everything you're saying. And I'm someone who came in. I thought Denver would win the series. Uh, once Mike Conley was left the bubble, and I did not think Mike Conley would be back by game three, I assure you that. Um, and that put a, a little bit of a wrench in the plans. But when, you know, I think we've all kind of made a mistake. Or not everybody. I'm sure some people haven't. But we really should have just adjusted. The Jazz have just kicked this team's ass now for three straight games. I know that, you know, this game well, yesterday, or two days ago, rather, was only by two points. But that was a little bit deceiving. The Jazz felt in control the whole way. And now it's one of those things where you look back on it and you go, you know what? Yeah, like that first game, Denver was lucky to probably not be swept here because that game they were able to get to overtime. So the more I've looked at it, the more I've kind of been saying to myself, if I and that was the frustrating thing, but I think having the series bet did somewhat leave me kind of locked into my position and uh, not jumping off of it was probably a mistake for me. I am sitting here looking at this live team total of the Utah Jazz of 118.5 being offered by the FanDuel Sportsbook, actually down to 117.5. Perhaps we've played a couple of minutes. We have uh, as something that people can certainly, I think, take a look at um, as a a way where they might be able to find some value. Uh, The Jazz have scored over 60 points in every single second half in this series. That even includes in the first game that they lost. So uh, 118. And a half, which is what it was, was 55 and a half. So, you know, 17 is obviously then 54 and a half. Um, that could certainly be something to look at. But I also, um, if you guys don't want to jump into this game, I understand it's hard when, even if you get the people out there that like the Jazz, I don't think they expect them to just blow Denver out and dominate them in the way that they have. But that's certainly been the story thus far. Uh, what about uh, the. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to say to add to that, especially when you're in a 3-1 situation, whereas if this was maybe a 2-1, you want to rest your starters for, let's say you pull up so much by 15-20, maybe you start to rest your starters more. When you're just trying to clinch against a good team such as Denver, Utah's not pulling anybody either. So I think have Utah is going to go full force until the end of this one. Yeah, the, the thing is, they just – might not need to. I mean, Denver got what like the quarter of Jokic's career to start this game. 21 points, a perfect 8 of 8 from the field, 5 for 5 from 3. And what did they get? A one-point lead. I mean, that is almost unimaginable. But it's mm-hmm. because they still gave up 32 on the other side. And then in the second quarter... They come back a little bit and regress. Jokic only has two points in the quarter. Nobody's going to fault him for that. He didn't play the same amount of minutes in the quarter anyway. But they only score 21. But the Jazz just keep humming right along. They put up another 30-point quarter. Denver's defense, I think, look, if the Jazz don't make it through this series, that would shock me to uh, a degree that I don't think my brain can comprehend right now. But it's almost, I think, going to be difficult for us to – really get a good feel for this Jazz team. And I don't mean to take away what they've done here. It's been incredible. But this Nuggets defense is so bad. Puts up such little fight that if the Jazz were to, say, get matched up with a Clippers team that, to be fair, has not been playing great defense, or even a Mavericks team that's not a good defensive team either, and maybe then this is all, you know, moot because the Lakers are the only good defensive team in the West. Like, 
I, I just don't know what to make of this because Denver's offered no resistance now for dating back to maybe, you know, the second half of game one. Yeah, and you know what? I think that this sets up for an interesting conversation, probably not for in-game live, but just about going into the second series in this playoff because when you are comparing, let's say, the Jazz is a six seed to a three seed in uh, in Denver, then you are going to compare to a Clippers team, let's just say, who is the number two seed out of the West. The Clippers are one of the favorites, and it keeps varying, but one of the favorites to win the entire NBA championship. I think going into the second round, could you see a team such as the Clippers or even, let's say, the Mavericks? I'm not going to rule them out. The series is only tied into a piece. Could you see a team getting better who's a top seed going into the next round as opposed to a team like Utah that might have hit their ceiling? You know, that's – you would think – first of all, the Clippers should have better basketball in them because Paul George should at some point play better basketball. <laughs> Though it does not seem like a guarantee that that's going to happen. Um, I'm someone who played, you know, PG props uh, two games in a row. Spoiler, not coming back for a third. Um, no way, no how. So, you know, the thing is, Ariel, with the, with the Jazz, I thought that they reached their offensive ceiling three different times in this series. And yet here we are. They're now up 71-56. Jazz can't stop a nosebleed, or the Nuggets can't stop a nosebleed. There's no defensive resistance from them. Mike Conley's already got six points in this quarter. Like, it's just, that's kind of my, my whole thing is like, yes, the Jazz offensively feel like every game they're playing at an unsustainable level, but if they sustain the level for five games, then I don't know what we're supposed to do. Yeah, I just I think that my hunch would be this Jazz team and other teams that are a lower seeded team have already been playing in these eight game restarts in full force. And the Clippers, in my opinion, I don't think we've seen the best of them yet. We're going to get Paul George at some point. You'd have to think. I think though the way that this Dallas series is going, the Clipper you can't count out Dallas just yet. No Kristaps Porzingis though, and that's a big deal. So I think tonight's game is where I'm headed at because the line is going tremendously in the Clippers' favor right now. I know we haven't gotten to this game yet, but this was at six and a half, and here we are at eight and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I think based off the way the series is going, that's Kristaps Porzingis numbers right there. And taking the eight and a half could be a smart move because this series has definitely been better than people imagined. I think people thought the Clippers were going to win this series in five or six. And here we are. This thing could go to seven. Utah and Denver was a surprise. I think in the NBA, you get like one of those. Otherwise, the the favorites typically prevail. If you don't see the Clippers move on, you don't see Denver move on. This means the NBA bubble is setting us up for an NBA season unlike any other because typically the favorites prevail in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, And I think you're right. There's usually one series where we do see that. And, you know, is Utah that? Yes. But also the the difference is here and why I'm somewhat so frustrated, I guess, with myself for not just flipping it after, you know, game two or at least game three and coming back to the Jazz is – Everything they're doing, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, Denver can't play defense. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, this is the most – like, 
you know, no, Donovan Mitchell now has clearly taken a leap. And, like, he's at a point in his career where you can see that happening. Now, the Mavericks beating the Clippers obviously is like a, oh, my goodness, what has happened here type of thing. But there are even still aspects of that series where you go, okay, well, Dallas Mavericks were always going to be difficult. Number one offensive rating in NBA history. Paul George hasn't, hasn't shown up. We've seen that happen before. Patrick Beverly's injured. That matters. And you kind of start to be like, it's an upset, no doubt about it. But is it an upset that had we been playing games at the Staples Center or in Dallas is inconceivable? No, not necessarily. Because I think there's certain, the, some of the things that have been puzzling, you like, oh, yeah, no, Paul George stinks sometimes. Like there are things that you kind of can piece together um, as very real. Uh, let's quickly, while we have time in this opening segment here, Ariel, bring in some of the other action that's on the board. Uh, Bruins Lightning is 1-1 after 1. Uh, pretty much a straight pick on the Lightning, a slight favorite at minus 115. Goal total there is 6.5. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe Jared's best bet of the day came from this game. Jared has the lightning on the money line, and I tailed him. This game was, to me, it had lightning written all over it. The public was on it, too, which obviously always makes someone scared. But the Tampa Bay Lightning had 65% of the bets. This was even at minus 110 going in. The Boston Bruins were up 3 to nothing in game one. Tampa Bay ends up scoring two goals. They had the momentum, Tampa Bay, going into game two. I liked what I saw out of them. I think that these are very evenly matched teams. Tampa Bay is out. I say Tampa Bay and Vegas are on this redemption tour. Vegas, a couple of years ago, losing in the Stanley Cup. And then you have Tampa Bay, who wins the President's Trophy last season, comes back this year, redeeming themselves in the first round of the playoffs after they were on this legendary historic run last season, scoring the most points in NHL history. Sometimes you're just a year too early for your own good. Tampa Bay <laughs> has the experience now, and I think... I really like Tampa Bay in this game because I, it's just one of those gut instincts. You don't think Tampa Bay is going down 2 nothing in a series. I'm glad this one's close. It's showing you that the line was spot on, Kev. Yeah, I think, you know, you're looking at, you're talking about a series that is a coin flip there. And if you want to come back to the team that's off the loss each time in this series, more than understandable to me. Uh, and certainly right now in a 1-1 game, uh, that game is close. If you had, If you missed out on the pregame, those numbers are all sitting right there, at least when it comes to this side. We will come back. We will keep getting you set up for the late games across the sports world and also introduce the Major League Baseball live slate next on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening back right here on the grid kevin walsh and ariel at ariel uh let's bring in this live baseball slate right now 11 games that are live uh though we are missing some big ones here uh there's definitely a couple of interesting spots that are on the board the one that jumps out to me right away though the chicago cubs down two nothing the detroit tigers Mm -hmm. the cubs now plus 235 now again uh, we've seen this song and dance uh, many of time here where might not be the Cubs night, but they were around a minus 135, minus 140 favorite up against the Tigers here. Do you think we might be looking at a good spot to buy back on the Cubs? Here's the thing, Kev. This game kind of scared me because I was looking at the lines. Chicago was at minus 140. With 54% of the bets on Chicago, the line went 10 cents against Chicago, moving it down to minus 130. Detroit moved from plus 130 to plus 115. 46% of those bets were on Detroit. When I see numbers like that with that reverse line movement in favor of dogs such as Detroit, I'm so bad because I hate just pulling the trigger and betting on one of these dogs. Similar goes to the Marlins a lot and the Baltimore Orioles. I'm so nervous to just pull the trigger. I just end up staying away. But I did see that reverse line movement in this game. So there was something fishy going on with the Sharps that they like Detroit in this home spot against Chicago. Yeah, interesting spot, too, where Chatwood was returning from injury and only able to give them an inning and a third, which Mm -hmm. is now concerning because the Cubs are not known for their bullpen. So could be a long game there. Maybe people want to jump in on an uh, an over. Though Turnbull, uh, Spencer Turnbull, the Tigers uh, lead man here, has been good on the season. So uh, a a lot of the stuff that you indicated, plus what we're seeing in-game here based on who's on the mound, uh, it might be a spot where you guys just want to pull back here yeah. on trying to chase Cubs. Might and to not clarify be their what night. You saying about the Cubs bullpen, they rank 23rd in ERA with a 5-3. So it does clarify there with those numbers. 
the Cubs bullpen's not going to come in and save the day here. Right, <laughs> and that's obviously uh, – well, it's unlikely, right? That, yeah. So it, I think it is something that is certainly uh, noteworthy. Anywhere else, uh, Ariel, on the baseball board uh, have your attention? Let's take a look at – okay, so the a lot of interesting line movements that actually played out today. The Philadelphia Phillies went from minus 112 to minus 122. They're now up 4-1, to one, Jake Arrieta on the mound over the Nationals. The Mets and Marlins, I had a feeling this one was going to go over. It's the sixth inning. It's Miami 4, New York 0. Rick Porcello on the mound. Go figure, the Marlins score four runs there. Um, I'm trying to look and see if there's anything live that catches my eye. Tampa Bay is up three to two over Baltimore. Baltimore now plus four ten on the money line. It's the sixth inning. That's it's tough because Tampa Bay is good. Here's a rivalry though. I know I'm going through so many games, but here's a rivalry: oh, Twins what? Indians. Shane Bieber on the mound for the Indians, and I actually said this in fishy lines today on our Sports Grid Twitter. I said. Stay away from this one. If you want, maybe go first five under because these are two very – because you have Bieber on the mound. I thought this looked fishy because the Cle- the Cleveland Indians with Bieber on the mound, this is the second time that Shane Bieber is facing the Minnesota Twins this season. Bieber threw really great baseball. He threw a shutout, eight innings deep, 13 strikeouts against the Twins first time around. There's always something to be said about facing a pitcher a second time it was also in plus money to hit over eight and a half strikeouts on Bieber. I said no to this one. And I also think that because it's a rivalry for the AL Central, it's the top of the division these two are fighting for. Minnesota was plus 158. It moved down to plus 150, despite majority of the bets being on Cleveland here. So with that favorable, favorable line movement, I was thinking, well, with Bieber on the mound and there's line movement in the opposite direction of Bieber, something's weird here. So I said you have to stick to the first five, and I would have gone total before I would have taken a side. Yeah, uh, I think that that is good stuff. I also want to let people know uh, we mentioned Jared's best bet of the day. I believe your best bet of the day is in action as well uh, in this Reds-Brewers game. Yes, I like Luis Castillo over six and a half strikeouts, and now I have to check up on it because I currently have the NBA stuff up. But I will take a look and see where Castillo is, it, is at the moment. Do you know? It, it's going great so far. He's recorded one out, and it was via the strikeout. Things are going great oh, thus yeah. far this to start that game. eight o'clock game, right? Yeah. Eight o'clock Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've not you missed much. You got me much. excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've not. Like, you've not missed much. It's going as well as it could at you so far. Every out's a strikeout thus far. The other night, yeah. Uh, Chris Middleton. Just sweat this one out. Or a strikeout. So saying, okay, so so I had two, both of those in the same night. I had Chris Middleton over eighteen and a half that afternoon that we all had which he ends up hitting in the fourth. Then I had that night Trevor Bauer on the Reds. That was my best bet for the strikeouts. And he had – so it was over seven and a half strikeouts. He had seven going into the fifth where he already gave up four runs in the game. He had 80 pitches. And I said, oh, my gosh, please, 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 please just put Bauer in for one more inning. He's going to hit this. And they did. He hit eight, and then they took him out. Oh, all right, then. He – you know, I tell you what, if you were to tell me that there's one baseball player that knows his strikeout prop, it's Trevor Bauer. So 
wouldn't surprise me if 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 you know he was like, listen, 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 I gotta I gotta go out there and make this happen for the people. Uh, and he certainly did, which was lovely to see. Uh, so we will continuously yeah. follow uh, this live action, of course, in Major League Baseball. Again, lo- uh, eleven games that are live right now. So um, we will continuously look through this action. I definitely think uh, this Cubs spot. Let me see. Did the Cubs get a man on? Because that dropped somewhat drastically to two hundred five. Potentially just means that they're about to start their uh, top of the fourth inning, uh, and that's what I believe it is. So. Um, something to note as well that they're going to be very willing to come back to Chicago. I think that's a, a good indicator there that actually they're still in the third, but just with a couple of outs registered. So they're going to be very willing to come back to the Cubs, which is interesting though, because you know, you kind of had mentioned some live movement there, Ariel, and, and the books will know when it's not your day, it's not your day. But maybe they want to set themselves up here knowing just how good of a team the Cubs are and the Tigers' recent struggle. Yeah, I mean, you have the you have the Cubs at plus 205, the total at 8, and it's only the third inning. So I think that the books taking this number here, If hey, listen, if you think that the Cubs can make a comeback because of their lineup, I wouldn't mind betting that plus 205. I would just stay away based off the line movement that happened leading up to this game. If anything, I would look elsewhere on the board. Like, to me, Kev, this total of nine, it now moved up to nine and a half in the Angels-Astros game. It's only the fourth inning, and the Angels are up 4 nothing. I think that's a line that I would actually look to go over on um, for this Angels-Astros game. It's a, This is the second game of the doubleheader, I'm pretty sure, too. Yeah, it is. Um, and I wonder, so how are they handling that line there? See, that's the interesting thing, right, with the Angels now at minus 800 because there's just not a lot of breathing room, right, left in this game. And that can somewhat be the deceiving thing. Also, I guess we've seen FanDuel, they made an adjustment here. As they show, it's the fourth inning. What I'm seeing here, because yeah, I don't know if you'd seen this uh, earlier, though, Ariel, what Vandal was kind of doing was giving you an adjusted inning where they would be like, yeah, I know it's actually the third, but since it's a seven inning game, well, it's the fifth inning, which is weird. Wow, and I personally right. don't I love that. Forget about that. But I think that's what they are yeah. doing here, which again, like I see, yeah. you see how it throws people off, right? Like you're almost right. then as someone that knows it's a doubleheader at a disadvantage because. You're like, oh, okay, doubleheader, I got this amount of time left, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so definitely one of those things, you know, always uh, be careful with what you're betting. But definitely when there are doubleheaders out there, uh, be super, super cautious. Uh, quickly, we can bring back in uh, this NBA line. The Jazz are up by 12 now, 84-72. Uh, they are... You know, the the Nuggets are trying. They're they're cutting into this as much as possible, but they get it under 10, and then the Jazz come back, and, and they hit another three because, of course, they do. And, you know, Jokic has now not scored in the entire quarter. Jamal Murray doing what he can. But, you know, this is the interesting thing with this Jazz team. Well, like, as much as Donovan Mitchell is the headline, he's not the only thing that matters. Like, George's Niang is, like, turning into what, Ray Allen in my mind. Every time he shoots, I feel like it's going in. Uh, you know, Conley's been great since he's been back. They're getting a fantastic game from Jordan Clarkson, who's right now four of six. 
mm-hmm. from deep. So it's one of those games. But you know what, Ariel? Maybe we will find an edge going into this fourth quarter. I think what stands out to me, too, looking at the box score, is that you have four out of five starters in double digits right now. Utah is just playing on all cylinders, and everyone's performing. You also, as you said, Clarkson, 17 points off the bench tonight. I think you could uh, – you said that you liked that team to- – the Utah Jazz team total. What was it, eight, 118, right? And if, if Denver it, continues yeah, – at the time that you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But if Denver continues to try to even keep pace here, it's going to force Utah to put up more shots. And I I don't think that – I'm not under the impression that Utah is going to want to not go full force going into the end of this. They're going to want to clinch this – they're going to want to clinch a spot in the next round. And when mm-hmm. you're in one of those positions, I don't – think that Utah's going to pull these guys. So, Kev, I think it was a good call by you earlier. I'm not sure what it's at right now. Um, I do know, however, that this line earlier today was at 221. So, just throw Yeah, the, the in-game number has come up a bit. I think I want to see what we get here in these final two minutes. Jamal Murray's having quite the quarter. Uh, he's cut the lead to eight right now after another uh, bucket here. What's interesting to me is we've got 218 left here in the third, is the quarter score is 22-21, right? So the Jazz significantly underperforming what they've done here in these past couple of games in this quarter. Denver, now they're, look, they've done better than they did in the second quarter, but this is by no means a pop quarter. But there are two minutes left here. If both of these teams are under, call it, 26 points, I think we could see a potential pop quarter in quarter number four, and an in-game fourth quarter over might be our play. Two minutes and 18 seconds need to go by before we make a call, but it'll be something to keep our eye on. Come right back, more in-game live to continue on the grid after this quick break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening back right here on in game live kevin walsh and ariel epstein and the run is coming the denver nuggets have cut this now down to four uh which is pretty interesting here jamal murray is now up to uh 24 points in this game so he's actually uh a point away from his points prop i believe for anybody that was out there backing uh jamal murray so good for those backers Jokic probably is actually like still a point or so away after giving you a 21 in that first quarter. Uh, been there, done that. I've seen Jokic mess this up. I wish the absolute best for those backers as well. Uh, and it is a, wow, Jamal Murray just doing whatever he wants. Two-point game here. Uh, we are coming up against decision time. I am excited. Uh, we've got 20 seconds, though. So let me quickly uh, look other spots before I, again, turn this into basically a betting around the rim moment. Ariel, um, anything jumping out to you uh, anywhere at all? Uh, live line-wise, because I was just looking at NBA, and I was going to say that I do like the Mavericks plus eight and a half. Um, however, if I were to look at the baseball lines, um, let's see, baseball, you have, I still, I like, uh, well, no, I liked the under when it was at seven and a half in the Twins Indians. It's now down to seven. So that's a rough one. Um, let's continue to go down this baseball line. Pirates and White Sox is interesting. Now, Kev, I had this conversation on the show a little bit earlier today, and it was, you know, when you see those big names, such as Lucas Giolito, who's starting for the White Sox, you think to yourself, okay, I know him. Then you look at the Pirates and you see Brault. And you say, okay, Giolito, Brault. Oh, Giolito. Well, how do you get your mind to not think to yourself? And you could relate this to the NBA, too, because prime example tonight with Dallas and L.A. How do you not let your mind go to the names that you're familiar with and just assume they're going to win? And I think that the public gets stuck on that sometimes. Just their mind goes stars. Well, sometimes that's not the answer. And the line in this Chicago White Sox Pirates game, um, it moved tremendously in Chicago's favor from minus 250 to minus 270. Then there was buyback again, bringing it down to minus 250. So, yeah, that one, I I just think that it's interesting. What are your thoughts on your brain and your gut going, I want to bet the stars, and then you have to kind of bring yourself back down to life? (laughs) Well, it's hard, right? Because when you bet stars, you bet star price. Um, you know, we're going to get, and we'll get into Mavs Clippers, but I've got an over-under in that game on Tim Hardaway Jr., playing Tim Hardaway Jr. over points. Mm. Because Luke and Kawhi, I'm, you know, 
33 points, 34 points. You know, you need such big games for those guys. So that's why I under, I know that some people don't love, uh, you know, betting stars when it when it is in that regard. I do want to quickly, Ariel, bring us though back to the NBA here as we are through uh, the end of the fourth quarter. So what we had was a 10-2 run by the Denver Nuggets to close out the quarter. Uh, every single one of those baskets was scored or assisted on by Jamal Murray. A special, special run from him. Here's the it, This is the tough part, though. you got to think that now him and Jokic are going to be on the court from now until this game is over, which is going to be very, very difficult. I do think playing the side here is dangerous. If you want to back a side, you could convince me either way. Jazz are about to pull away after a bad for uh, offensive quarter. Uh, they are, you know, they're up four, laying four and a hook. They only need to be a point better. You can convince me of a Denver Nuggets plus two thirty-five that this team is about to extend this series. But where I am looking at is this total two twenty-four and a half. I believe, I believe we're looking at fifty-six and a half points, which is high, right? It is high considering the moment, but. Denver started to get their offensive rhythm going, and I expect the Jazz to offensively rebound here in this fourth quarter. I think we might have to play this fourth quarter over, Ariel. There's also the fourth quarter total points prop, which is at 55 and a half. And again, it seems very high, but you would know better than me, Kev. How do these two teams typically perform in fourth quarters? Are they high-performing fourth-quarter teams? Do they regress in the fourth quarter? What have you seen out of this series so far between these two and the fourth? Hey, you know what? I, I think these teams play to the over. I do. Um, so for me, I think that we should come in here on this over area. I think it's a good spot because I don't – I believe that the Jazz will get theirs. I don't think Denver really has but any choice – to get theirs. It is dangerous with the season on the line, to be totally fair. You know what? And I might not have enough time to do this, but I almost want to take a look at the fourth quarter of Sixers-Celtics, which was a comparable spot elimination game. Game was tight. And what kind of the scoring margins were there, as well as Heat Pacers, to try and get a look. So the Heat and the Pacers in their fourth quarter, 29-25, so you got 54 total points there. Celtic Sixers, you got a 29-21 quarter, only 50 points there. You know what? That could be enough to talk me out of this, though. Because maybe now with the season on the line, as much as right, you see I'm kind of going back and forth here. I'm dancing yeah, with every possible outcome. But you know what? Potentially, like, season on the line, you know, Denver now has to play the best defense of their absolute lives. I don't know if that matters. I don't know if they can. Oh, I'm struggling here, Ariel. I am struggling. What What do you think? Denver's already. Denver's now made this a one point game. I I think ah. it seems like Denver is finding their rhythm here. It's eighty six, eighty five. It almost looks like we might be headed to all star format, Kev, where we're just going to keep shooting the ball up and may the best team win. <laughs> I mm. the deep. I'm just here. We got one defensive play here. Ball goes out of bounds. So. Yeah, it's tough because this total's now gone up by three. Um, it was at 221 earlier today, and now live you're getting it at 224.5, unless it's gone up now. Uh, it's locked, so we can't do anything anyway. But mm. I 
think based off what I've seen in the last, let's say, 10, 15 minutes, I wouldn't have a problem with taking the oh, – well, as I say that, now we have back-to-back buckets missed. So, uh, yeah, it's a rough one. I mean, we, we missed the spot, but – But I'm not sure if we did. It might have been a four spot. 221 and the last now. two. I think we might have – you know what? I'll revisit it again at the six-minute mark. And I think that's the next time we revisit it. I personally like to do that. I like to kind of set times of when I will I like, like kind of check out. back. Did um, you <laughs> Yeah, well, it's basically I'm just cutting it in half because it makes my math very easy. Then. I have to simplify all of my live NBA math to make this as easy as possible to do whatever I can on the fly. Um, and I think the, the reason why you want to also lay off here, to be fair, right, is the last two quarters now have been low scoring. 52 points, 51 points. Mm-hmm. You're asking them to kind of revisit a first quarter form that we've now not seen and taking from what we got from two other games that I would say are comparable spots when we think about the Sixers and the Celtics game and the Heat and the Pacers game. I do not pull from the Raptors-Nets game because that game was a total blowout. That game was not close. That game does not matter to me. But we do have a Denver Nuggets lead. How about that? How wow. about that? Wow. And think about just, now. A, just about 20 minutes ago, we were looking at a plus nine and a half for Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Boy, would you love to have that right now, huh? Um, you know, it's this team, though. They, they've had some really good second half numbers, and that's why I was kind of like blindly betting them in second halves to bounce back. And then after two games, I stopped. And now this might be two games in a row where they have where they win the second half. So that, that's really why I just want Utah to win because I don't ever see this Denver Nuggets team again. Like I just want them out of my life because I absolutely cannot stand what they've done to me here. But worldwide, uh, look, Bob Rob Perez said the same exact thing. He said on yeah. the morning after. Did you watch the segment? He was hilarious. Yes, he, he said it on his late night with Wob also on FanDuel. He was so frustrated with this Denver team. He said, Utah's plays are so predictable. They are basically running around with post-its on their forehead telling Denver what they're going to do. And Denver still just doesn't adjust Hmm. and lets Utah do their thing. And he said the same thing. He can't stand. I thought he was going to lead his show and come on our show talking about Luka Doncic, game-winning, buzzer-beating three. That wasn't what he led with. He led with how irritating this Denver Nuggets team has been. I understand. They, it's just, yeah, they're like, yeah, well, it's okay. We'll keep playing drop coverage. Donovan Mitchell will miss eventually. Well, if he does miss eventually, it'll not be because you did anything about it. Uh, and yet here they are with a two-point lead, uh, and they are now favored. Minus 112, minus 110, though, back to wow. the Jazz side of things. I don't know. I'll tell you what. It, it's one of those things, like, I hate that I've been burned in this series, I feel, already because it's upsetting me in any decision I feel like I might make. But I could – are the Jazz really going to give this Denver team life here? I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. This this has now gone from a game that was completely dominated by Utah to, hey, listen, I give Denver the credit for this resilience. You have Jamal Murray with 29 Jokic is now at 26, so I'm assuming he hits the over there, Kev, right? Yeah. Over. Mm-hmm. So Jokic hits, which good for everyone else. And then you have Porter Jr., who has 13. 
Everyone else on this team has been terrible. I mean, Millsap, Grant, uh, Morris, <laughs> four points, six points. You're lucky you have these stars, Denver, because Utah is playing a lot more like the well-rounded team here. Yeah, I mean, Jamal, Jamal Murray is just uh, currently on a preposterous run here. I think he has scored or assisted on every single uh, of their last 20 points except for two. So 18 of the last 20 he's been involved in. He is giving them the lead. He's forcing a jazz timeout. Man, I... So this could be a buy-in spot. You're at the eight-and-a-half-minute mark. Uh, you have 224-and-a-half as your current total going into the commercial. You know, That's the, the tough thing for, from you know, just to be totally honest with everybody, but as I, you know, kind of get pushed into the room here... Um, I actually, I don't have the game on. Um, sometimes I'll have it on with the stream, but I didn't have it today. And I'm curious if they're doing anything defensively that's actually yielding results for the first time in forever, or are the Jazz just cold? Now, they were due for the Jazz to miss some shots, so it actually might work out for them, finally. But I'm kind of curious as we sit here, like, are they, are they, have they actually done something? They actually figured something out, or like the I've Jazz are still more, shooting wide I've open. I've seen a lot look. more crowding underneath. I've definitely seen a little mm -hmm. bit more pressing underneath, and it's caused some traffic. So I, we only have 10 seconds, but I'll definitely get to more in the break. I have it on my TV. Excellent. All right, we'll talk about that and a lot more next year on In Game Live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Nikki Glaser podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. Back right here on In Game Live, Kevin Walsh and Ariel Epstein with you guys here until nine o'clock, or excuse me, not until nine o'clock. We'll be here much past that. Until ten o'clock tonight. Time. That's when we'll pass it Central over time. to uh, Sports Credit. Exactly. <laughs> we were talking about the Cubs game. Everyone knows I was talking Central Time. Uh, Ariel, that's why you get. Me. Uh, so here we are. Uh, the, the you know the Nuggets leading now. It, it's it's such a tight game. Like you want to follow it, but you don't want to give commentary. But Ariel, you were kind of. Uh, letting the people know what you're seeing from this game right now as you are watching live. Yeah, and I'm seeing it a little less right now as we've come out of the break. But what I was seeing before is just a lot more crowding underneath. And before, everything looked a lot more spaced out, kind of like what we were complaining about earlier, where Denver was saying, hey, Utah, throw up these shots. We'll let you. And they were hitting them. Now it seems Utah's being forced inside and Denver's trapping them underneath. So I think that seeing a lot more of that pressure underneath was helping Denver to make some of those stops. Yeah, what's interesting as well right now for the Jazz, all of their fourth quarter points have come from Donovan Mitchell. You don't want to get in a spot where you're that one-dimensional. Now, to be fair, that is your best option. Donovan Mitchell out there on the court, it's just noteworthy right now with them only having six points, kind of nobody else hitting shots. Donovan Mitchell uh, certainly dominating the ball. And look, it does get a spot here where, you know, I'm mean, look, I'm not going to go super far. The Jazz can still win the basketball game here. But I will say to you that if Denver gets one, they might be able to get another. If they get another, well, it's game seven, but nothing else matters. You've basically played six meaningless games. Because now this one game decides everything, and it's evened up, and that's what it is. So it's a big, big spot here as well for the Jazz. They have to try and uh, and go for the kill, no doubt about it. We are closing in on uh, kind of that six-minute mark, Ariel, that we were looking to identify mm-hmm. as to when we might want to uh, look to jump in again. What stands out to me is I would not say that this has necessarily been uh, an opening six minutes that has provided the level of offense that would right. justify this total even staying where it is. I would think a couple of points would have come off. Not a ton. Two, three, though, I, I would right. thought would have come off. You're right, because this number was as high as 224.5. It's gone down to 221.5, currently at 223.5. I haven't really seen it go below 220 too often. Maybe I saw a 219.5 very quickly. Otherwise, this mm. has stayed above 220. And right now, we're at, what, 186? So, or 187. So, I think that this total keeps thinking that what within that six and a half minute mark have we're going to start to see some more offense right now we're actually seeing denver play some solid defense and they what's dangerous up, but that was fouls uh but, but, but what is dangerous about you know oh the, this game is just going to offensively open up in these final six minutes well maybe but you would actually kind of think like there's going you know people are going to want to lock in maximize every possession that means longer possessions right 
that means half-court offense, so everybody is set. You know, transition buckets are obviously easy. Now, the fouls that might come in the half-court is a different story. But also, if it's a one-possession game, like, that's when, oh, we've got, like, a minute of fouling isn't necessarily the same thing, right? Because if, you know, Denver is, say, down two with 20 seconds, well, there's not a foul. They're going to go shoot. You know what I mean? So, um, interesting spot as we've gotten – 24 points in this first six minutes. Anybody can, you know, you're on pace for 48. Again, I understand maybe feeling like these next six can give you a bit more, but you're talking about eight more points than you got in the first six to kind of justify the number that you're sitting at and the Nuggets' last possession ending in a shot clock turnover. And remember, too, this fourth quarter total was at 55 and a half. So we are currently mm-hmm. at 26. So just another thing to keep in mind. And we are seeing a little bit more offensive production in the last three possessions. I think we've seen now Denver go two for two in the last two. Utah just went one for one. So I think we're starting to see some of this offense pick up. But again, once you get below that six and a half mark, Kev, and here we go, we just see another one. So now everyone's going coast to coast. <laughs> I mm. mean, the, the offensive production's picking up. So maybe Fandle was onto something. The books are geniuses, and they knew not to go below this 220 mark. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, they, they've got a lot of experience uh, doing this, as, you know, but we can kind of use what we know to identify kind of the pace of these numbers, right, and at least have an idea where, so maybe the book is right, right, to keep this number over the whole time, but it stops us from at least maybe jumping in on a bad number or, or what you know, whatever it might be, trying to identify these spots. Now, considering, right, so we said we had 24 points, right, at about the six-minute mark. We're about to get to the five-minute mark, a shade below it, and have scored 10 points. The 10 points yeah. a minute, you know, if anybody would like to kind of do that math of what that is extrapolated over a 12-minute quarter, not sustainable, okay? But that's the kind of burst you need to get over, and that's what now this game has seen here. This total is now up to 227 and a half. So we've gone up by about six points in the last few minutes. Oh. And I, what? I mean, you need 26 like points, that. right? Like you need, yes. Yeah. But like you need 26 points. Mike Conley is going to go to the line and shoot a free throw when this game gets back with 448 left. It's a lot of points. Well, it's a lot I of points note for. That Syracuse's Jeremy Grant hit a three. Just want to note that. Obviously a massive moment for Syracuse as their <laughs> beloved Carmelo Anthony is about to go out in five for the L.A. Lakers, but they had their moments. Um, Jer- Jeremy well, Grant. Is have, Syracuse, is this Sar- when Damian Lillard's playing with four fingers. Yeah, obviously, and we all know that that's not why the result is what it is. That team was doomed regardless. Now, is this Syracuse's only hope here? Is this the last? Is it Melo and Jeremiah Grant? There's got to be another Syracuse guy out there on a team somewhere. No, there are. You know, it's been a few bad years, and we just don't like to talk about it. But, you know, we like to live in the early 2000s. Well, Grant was a little bit later, but, you know. Yeah. Sure. There's got to be another Syracuse alum. I got to, during the break, 
I'm talking about in the playoffs, <laughs> though. Like, oh, I, gotta, I thought you just meant in the end. Deion yes, Waiters, no, right? Deion Waiters went to Syracuse. Yes, right? he did. So, he did. boom, so you're attached to the Lakers. Ariella Laker fan. Okay. And just like that. Just like that. Look at what what a lovely hey, scene. Kev, listen. Jared will tell you that when we were on MSG Network a few months ago, back in December, we made very early NBA Finals predictions, and I went with the Lakers. So you you know, Kev, as much as I could, you know, give you a little bit of uh, grief for the <laughs> Lakers stuff. I did say yeah. that I think that they would make the finals. And then the Kobe Bryant situation with the helicopter crash just made me like the Lakers even more. The Lakers are starting to heat up, and that's the example I was trying to give earlier in this show in regards to a team such as the Clippers, where we might have seen the Jazz hit their ceiling. I don't mm-hmm. think we've seen the ceiling yet for the top teams. The Bucks, the Lakers, and the Clippers, remember, they didn't have to worry for the last seven or six games of the NBA eight-game restart. Let's see what they do after playing their first competitive series, if they make it that far. Well, that's right. That's the one caveat that applies with the Clippers. That now doesn't apply for the other two teams. Right. The Bucks and the Lakers are bad, right? There's no doubt in anybody's mind that as, as those teams both sit there with 3-1 lead. In fact, I think most people yeah. would be floored if either team had to play a game number six. The Clippers, I think it's fair to say that they have better basketball in them. But if they keep messing up, we might not get to see it. And that's a very real thing with the way that they've played. You know, we can kind of take these couple minutes here, Ariel. We'll carry it over in hour number two to talk about that game uh, that is coming up here. The Clips lay eight. No Kristaps. The total pretty high of 236.5. How are you playing this game tonight? I, I know Jared has talked a lot about the Clippers off of a loss, ATS. I think that is all well and good. Does that same logic apply in the postseason, though? Like, are we sure that those same ATS numbers are the same? I'm not sure. But what do you think about this game here tonight? I didn't see any problem taking the points at eight and a half. I think we've seen many times in this series that when the total ends up getting uh, inflated to a certain point, it hasn't been the smart move to lay the points. The Dallas Mavericks have continued to surprise people. And based off the way the Mavs have been playing, even without Kristaps Porzingis for that fourth quarter a few games ago, we don't see Dallas just sit down and let L.A. run away with it. I think eight and a half is too much. Six and a half, which is where this line was for when it opened, and now it's where it's at. it was at up until maybe a couple of hours ago. The six and a half number was a tough one for me. Eight and a half, it's now come back down to eight. I didn't have any problem taking the points with the Mavs at eight and a half. Yeah, I think the way that the Mavs have been, it's hard not to take the point. I think Patrick Beverly is missed by this team, undoubtedly. Paul George, can he play well? I don't know anymore. Like, I'm actually willing to, you know, wonder, could this dude be hurt? Um, Because it's so atrocious what he's putting forth. And, look, he was hurt last year. That's kind of been one of the reasons I've been lower on the Clippers is, you know, they keep touting. It's like, we're 11-2 and when all of our five starters play. It's like, why have you only played 13 games? That's not a good thing. And, like, that's, like, a better thing that's been there for the Clippers this whole season. I... 
think about the heroics that Luca pulled off. Is that there for two games in a row? Ooh, I'm not sure because it feels like that might be necessary in order mm-hmm. to make that happen. The one play we have now, and first, you know, we hit this break, we might go ahead and, and add some more, is Tim Hardaway Jr. over 17 and a half points. Uh, I, I look at this, though, we're a full game of no Chris Stapps, and, you know, he's been getting over that number. I think that he's going to have a big offensive load in that game. Coming up against the break, we will get you set for that one, and we will also go back uh, as well to Jazz Nuggets, where the total has been taken down, but over the last minute, there's been one point forward going under 227.5. We'll come back for in game live, hour two. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.